Do not adjust your settings. Take your hands off the keys. Your search is over. These are the geeks you're looking for. You found Geek Watch One with Kylan and Ken. This is going to be quite a ride. That's a bad outfit. I love you. Me too, man. Hit me, hit me, my turn. Am I the meanest? Am I the prettiest? Am I the baddest mofo low down around this time? Shogun! But who am I? Shogun! The Shogun of Harlem. For what lies ahead, ready are you. We're police officers. We're not trained to handle this kind of violence. Hey, Geeksters, I'm Kyla. And I'm Ken. And you found Geek Watch One. Welcome back, Geeksters, to Geek Watch One from the remote mobile home studios because we're buried at the moment. <laughs> Uh, just a bit. It wasn't quite Snowmageddon, but it was close. Yeah, it was Andy's it was. fault, is what it, what it was. <laughs> Remember, we had him on the show last week and two weeks ago, or whichever one it was. He was talking about how we were doing this winter defiance hoopla in defiance yeah. of winter, but winter never showed up, so we're still going to defy it anyway. Well, see, when you challenge Mother Nature, see what happens? Exactly. That's true. I thought about that. The gloves were off, and then yeah. you had to put them on. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You had to put them on to do anything at this point, because not <laughs> only... Did we get um, what? Probably eight to twelve inches, depending on where you're at. Last yesterday, yeah. we also, after that, are getting to deep freeze <laughs> for the next couple of days. Yes. We're gonna be down to single yeah. digits. On our way home, we saw a bunch of um, spun out cars after watching glass. Yeah, it was crazy. There was it was almost like people forgot how to drive in the snow or something. It happens every time, though. Like it doesn't matter how long you've lived in Ohio and how many snowstorms we get. The first right. really big, big one, like. It seems like the first little one, the first big one, the first bit of icy rain, everyone forgets right. how to drive. Yeah. I, well, I, and I, I'm thankful I have 4x4 four four because uh, last night uh, I went out to um, – a friend of mine gave me tickets to an MMA event. And it was last night, of course. And, you know, you know it was – we got in like early spring, we thought. <laughs> you know, but then, you know, we challenged winter. And so I got out and I actually had to use my four wheel drive and it was nice. And I thought, you know what? Hey, it's interesting. No, there aren't any spun out cars at all until on my way home. <laughs> I saw one that was like, you know, spun out and stuck in the snow. And I'm just like, and I saw people that, you know, they have these big like pickup trucks and I get it. It's big and it's heavy. But, you know, I think about the bigger they are, the harder they fall. <laughs> so just because you got this big one ton truck doesn't mean that you can drive because, um, no, like it's 55 and dry because, you know, ice doesn't care. Well, no, like you hit a slick spot. It doesn't matter what you're driving. It, yeah. it really doesn't. And, so, so yeah. Kylan, are you saying they can't drive 55? No, they can't. No, no, no. Not when there's a foot of snow. No, no, you can't. No. We even saw like three semis back to back just waiting out the storm on the side of the highway. Yep, they decided, well, my day's over. And they just pulled over well, to the side it, and said, that's it. Well, I mean, they do that for a living. They're not stupid. No, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, like the rest of us that are out on the road at that time. Well, it, well, but it, it is. It reminded me. It reminded me when I moved up here back in December of 99. And <laughs> I, I was driving from Tennessee. It was blue sky, sunny, maybe 30 degrees, which was freezing for us down there. 
and I drive through Kentucky and everything's fine. And honestly, as soon as I hit Cincinnati, it was a wall of white. <laughs> I, I'll never forget this. And I just picked, I picked an 18 wheeler and just followed it as, as long as I could until I needed to stop to get gas. I had never seen that kind of snow before in my entire life. And last night. <laughs> you wondered, what the hell am I doing moving to Ohio? <laughs> I, I did. And last night, last night's driving reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it was a little bit, it, it was it was a little bit of a flashback, except I got lo- almost 20 years experience driving in this stuff now. So I'm, a, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, but yeah. I was going to say, don't, well, what it is, is you don't hit your brakes. That's what the problem is. People yeah, hit no, the brakes, exactly and then not. it makes the people behind them, and it's just a chain reaction, and then it just takes, you know, the third or fourth car to, let's let's go into a non-existent lane. Yeah. Yeah. Pick your lane, pick your speed, and stay with it. <laughs> and don't rush it. Take your time. Because that's what we kept running into. We kept running I into, to them that we're I just saw somebody in a brakes. Prius last night. <laughs> Go, uh, they were in a Prius. Honestly, they were going about 40 miles an hour. That's yeah. stupid. Well, no, I'm what like, it is, really? small cars, Priuses, um, the old Ford Escorts, Fiestas, all those, they have those really narrow tires, and it's like driving on pizza cutters, and those things will cut all the way to pavement. You actually have better traction in a small car with small wheels. Just not driving past a semi. The semi yeah. will suck and pull yeah. your car. Yeah, the wind off the semi right. will actually throw it, blow you around. Trust me, I drove yeah, an Escort. I do know this. Yeah, I, I was like, do you realize how small you really are? But mm-hmm. yeah, it was nuts. It was well, crazy. the nice thing, though, even with the snowstorm and the um, all the traffic and everything else, we did get to see glass. <laughs> I believe all of us went to yeah. see glass, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've all seen it. Okay, and so we're going to be talking about that later today, so this is your spoiler alert now. Yeah. So, uh, But we do have some changes of plans a little bit. <laughs> Uh, for next weekend, remember this weekend coming up, we are still having the um, weekly or monthly Meeple cast at the Malton Meeple, one o'clock in the afternoon. It is our fourth birthday party. We will be partying and having a good time. So come out remember to the Meeple. The, the Meeple sells alcohol, so you really can party. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and they said, I want to see someone tackle one of the mega milkshakes at some point. I probably could. They actually use like a fishbowl. <laughs> And put a milkshake in it. I thought we had someone do that one time when he can't. He he doesn't come often. I forget his name, but he came a couple times, and he did it one time. But it's been a while. We know. need someone yeah. to do it for our birthday. Someone needs to come to the meeple this weekend and do it. That's yeah, right. have have one for me because I'm not going to be there. That's yeah, fine. Vicky, my niece is um my niece lives in California, <laughs> so, and they have their her um, baby shower that on Saturday afternoon. It's one of those you kind of can't skip because she lives in California. Right. Well, no, you can always skip baby showers. Well, no point. That's what the mail is for. Mail a gift. (laughs) Well, she's coming into town. Yeah, she's actually going to be here. But, Kylan, you have a mission. Nate has not been here for like two years. He used to come to every (laughs) Meeple cast. Get Mr. Van Sickle on. That's right. And, Nate, if you're still listening to us, I want to see you at the Meeple this Saturday. That's right. It has been a while since Kylan's even seen him. You know what? I'm uh, actually, I'll guilt him. (laughs) That's right. Go for I'll it, man! Get him. Good. It's yeah. been a long time since he was a, he was a staple of the Meeple cast for the first for the first like well, year. That was that was before he moved though. <laughs> he moved closer to Cleveland. It made it a little more difficult. That's true, and you know I don't know if like if you work set. He, he's become he works a responsible adult, so I, well, I you know that ruins things for everybody. Well, technically yeah, he, he got he got a mortgage and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, technically, like the that. Meeple moved closer to Cleveland too by about two miles. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> So you can use that on him. 
<laughs> so yeah, we got to everybody come out. I want to see the, that room packed out with people coming to hang out with for the yeah, uh, well, Geek Watch One's fourth birthday we'll, party. We'll put, we'll put an event post and then we'll invite along a bunch of people, not just the usual people. Just like invite everyone on your friends list. That's there right. You go. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter where they're located. Just invite everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Come and hang out. But after that, um, as soon as you're, we're done at the Malted Meeple, head over to the uh, Odd Mall Outpost because Andy is still going to do his Winter Defiance hoopla. He just moved it by a week. Yeah, go That's make right. snow angels right. in your bathing suits in the in the uh, cemetery. Exactly. We yeah, still want to see people swimming in the snow in their bathing suits. Uh, given the deep freeze, we'll still have the snow around next week. So we <laughs> That's will. right. And uh, actually, it gives, me, it gives me a little extra time to uh, make make the stories more interesting. Practice your storytelling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there you there, go. There will be story time with Uncle Kyle, and he'll be, he'll be hitting over there still. You know what, Kylan? He has a overhead projector. I'm yeah. sure you and Dawn together could figure out a way to put a PowerPoint together so you're reading the stories and actually have them on the big screen. <laughs> you get a we scanner? Could, we, we a scanner PowerPoint. for all the pages, yeah. Uh, all I have to say, people, is you should come because there will be ninjas and gay marriage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not kidding. I'm not no, kidding. Not. Ninjas and gay marriage. If that doesn't get you out, I don't know what will. Well, remember um, now, one week after that, we will have um, Kylan and Dawn over at the um, the that, Akron Public Library. Yes, the <laughs> yeah, main library. Nice. Yes. The, the Rubber City Book Posse will be giving. We'll have hundreds of books to give away, and we don't want to take them home. So come and take them from us. Yes. For the uh, Akron Family Reading Festival. And only we, only one other time have we given away every book that we brought in. And that was about 700 books, I think. Yeah. Somewhere around 700. So, wow. so, yeah, we want to get rid of a lot of them. We, we want all of our books gone. And this is – it's a complete – it's it's free, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. They have a lot of children's entertainers. There's like a, a local um, youth dance group that's there. There's Jim Gill, who is apparently a well-known children's entertainer. He's there every year. Um, they usually have <laughs> – What's his name? Outback Ray or something? Outback, a, yeah, dude, something like a dude that. that brings a lot of exotic animals for right. the kids to pet. Um, Sometimes have, Word Girl is there. No, Word Girl's not there this year. They have, they do right. have mascots there. I know Paddington's going to be there. Okay. Oh, that'll be cool. And Pat, Paddington the Bear will be there. And um, and a couple other other mascots. I think they have minions, and I think they're their own... I think his name is Paws or something. Their own like bear cub mascot yes, for the yeah, library. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. going to be there. So, nice. so they have they have a lot of little you know photo opportunities and entertainment for the kids and stuff like that. So it's fun. And beyond all that, remember this is a public library, so they got lots and lots of books. If you want to read something, they probably have it, and you could take it home with you for a while. Exactly. Well, if we don't have what you want for free to keep, then go look in the stacks and get it on loan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's, I think people, a lot of people seem to forget that nowadays, that you don't have to buy every book that you want to read. You, If you go to the library, they'll give it to you and let you borrow it for a while. And they have comics. Libraries have trades and graphic novels. All of the comics you want that you've been hearing about, that you've seen the movies or whatever, if you want to know more about the characters. Sometimes they're in the youth section of the library, like the teen section. Um, other times they're in the general sections, but... All, pretty much all libraries have those now available for just mm-hmm. like regular books. You can go take them out for a couple weeks. Right. What What kind of surprised me is you can actually you can you can borrow Dungeons and Dragons and role playing game books there too. Yeah. If you yes, wanted to you run can, a campaign, yeah. but you don't have the thirty or forty bucks to buy the book, you could yeah. actually borrow it from the library, run it with your game group, and then take it take it back. Exactly. 
There's so, a lot of options, people. A lot that's of right. Options. The library is not, it's not your mother's library anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, but then two weeks later, we get Odd Mall, Expedition Elsewhere. Yeah, on the can't. 16th and 17th in Canton, Ohio. Beautiful Canton, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go to oddmall.info for everything about that. Then two weeks after that, I know Kyle, Vicky and I will be at Concoction. I don't know if you guys are going to get a chance to make it up there or not, but we'll figure that out. So that'll be a fun one to go check out. I don't even think they've started announcing who's going to be there yet. Uh, I know Night Mage is going to be there. Yeah. Okay. He's there, I think, every year. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think he's, he's friends with them, so he's there yeah. all the time. Oh, one thing that surprised me, I have, I'm going to talk to him there. Lovecraft is going to be there. He's back out performing again. Yeah, I, I saw good. that. I saw that. So I'm going to do everything I can to get him back at Odd Malls and possibly at Con on the Cob. He was he was fun. He's definitely. Oh yeah, fun. yes. That and um, I loved interviewing come... interviewing him. That he, was because <laughs> he interviews in character as Lovecraft. Is yeah. awesome. He needs to come with his kids and have them each dressed up as like Cthulhu and then some of the other one of the elder well, gods. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> his children are the elder gods. <laughs> that would be amazing. I still say I don't know why, but why I don't know what it is about Cthulhu that everybody gloms onto and loves this character because if you actually have you guys read the story Call of Cthulhu. I've read all of Lovecraft. It I seems love like it. the weakest of all of his characters, because you get this big story, everybody's scared, Cthulhu's going to rise, Cthulhu starts to rise, and then he drowns. Yeah. There, uh, uh, wait a, a minute. Of, there's a lot of better stories. I think it's just the whole fact of it being the giant monster that people really get, and yeah. like you said, a lot of people haven't actually read the story. Right. Because for me, I've read um, a bunch of Lovecraft, not all of it, obviously, because you can't just sit there and read through Lovecraft. No, you can't. It does weird things with your brain. <laughs> but um, I've read a bunch of different Lovecraft, and um, Call of Cthulhu, for me, fits in the, <laughs> the general place in my what I like to read with, like, A War of the Worlds. The most anticlimactic stories you're ever going to find. <laughs> right, right. Mm -hmm. But, like, I was telling... With, with most of the Cthulhu type of stuff, it's more the story around it and the build-up to it that's really good. That That's what Lovecraft has always been good at. It's not... He, he wasn't all that great at Climax, and I, I don't want to say what that represents. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just like history. That's that's how, you know, people invade, yeah. people go, they just shouldn't go, and they die. Yeah. Whether exactly. it's d disease or whatever. So, but right. that is where we're going to be in the next couple months. Uh, but what has been happening in the world of geekdom, you guys? There's been quite a bit going on, actually. Um, I was surprised at how much came out over the past week or so. Um Speaking of coming out, there's been two two big trailers uh, that people have kind of been waiting on. Uh, the first one, obviously, was Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, that that trailer finally hit. Although they called it a teaser, but it's two minutes long. It's not a teaser. Yeah, anymore, that's what a tra teaser trailers are. They always I call know. it a teaser. It's always at least two minutes. But that, it's, it's kind of ridiculous because it, it's just a trailer. Yeah, well, right. that, that's because the regular trailer is two and a half minutes long. That's right. Mm -hmm. Maybe three if you're lucky. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. Uh, it, it's interesting to see what's going on. And of course, there's a lot of speculation because the movie comes out after Avengers Endgame. And it's kind of a matter of uh, trying to interpret maybe what happened in Endgame that allows for certain things to be happening in the trailer. Um, there's also some interesting Easter eggs in the trailer. So... I will let everyone out there go ahead and find the blogs about all of this. Cause trust me, there's theories out the wazoo at the moment already. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, but it, it's good to watch. I think I've watched the trailer like three times just because it, it's cool to see some of the stuff in it. 
Um, and the other one, of course, was John Wick Chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen the first two John Wicks, just stop listening now and go find them because they're on they're on my short list of movies to see. I've not we've got a, not got a chance to put them in yet. They are they are quite awesome. They are it's ultra violent. It's it's almost gun porn like the the amount of shooting that goes on in this. Yes. But the, it's actually really good storytelling. It's not just flat out action movies and it's not just like the second one just repeats what's going on in the in the first. It it is a good continuation and the third looks to be continuing that really well. Um, so yeah, so that's another one to look forward to. Well, it's interesting as I, we saw that trailer right before glass and, um, I looked at Vicky and uh, Jessica there and I was like, wait a minute, this movie looks so, the trailer makes it look so ridiculous that you have to go see this. Some of the stuff in it. This is so, this is so off the wall ridiculous that it's going to be either the greatest movie of all time or the worst CF the world's ever seen. One or the other. The thing is, the when the first one came out, it kind of came out of nowhere, and a lot of people didn't go see it. It didn't make a big bang at the box office, right? But a lot of people really liked it, and they caught on to it once it came out on DVD, and the second one came out. So it's kind of a it's a slightly ridiculous premise, but it has its own mythology to it. And if you just kind of go with it, it it just it makes complete sense mm-hmm. in its own world. It's real world, but it's got its own little you know story tweak. But it makes complete sense in the world. Right. Okay. Um, the other one that wasn't really th- – this was really more of a teaser and not really a trailer, but it was a surprise even to those in media. The Secret Ghostbusters sequel. Yes. Yeah. Now, this ch- was truly a teaser that came out because it was only about a minute or so long, and it's like literally dark and stormy night and there's a barn and there's these little like lightning effects going off that seem to be like streams from something that's familiar. And they're running music from the original Ghostbusters opening scene. Yes, exactly. And you get into this barn and there's something covered up and it flips back and it happens to be covering Ecto-1. Jason Reitman, son of original Ghostbusters director Ivan Reitman, is directing a sequel that's part of the original Ghostbusters universe. Um, that's going to to continue the story from the 1984 film and its sequel. Uh, it's being uh, he co-wrote the screenplay and uh, with uh, Gail Keenan, who wrote Monster House, and it's kind of the next chapter in that segment of the franchise. It has the support of the original cast um, in regards to its production, uh, based on the fact that the ones who are on Twitter, uh, like Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson, have retweeted things about it already. Um, but there's no definite sense that they're actually showing up in the movie. But it sounds like they probably would. Yeah. Um, they're well, you know they're that, basically looking at at a release for uh for summer 2020. You know they definitely probably so, will be in it because they were in the one with the ladies too. I mean they they love this franchise. Dan Aykroyd has been trying to get a Ghostbusters three done for 30 years. That's exactly. fine. The one actor actress from that is livid that they're doing this. That it's not yeah yeah that's not their movie. Still, so. she's not yeah. happy about them making this. Well, I'm I'm actually kind of like wondering. It, like to me, it, it's almost like a slap in the face to the other one that was made because it's, it's like. They're ignoring that one as part of the continuity now. Right. But the other way around so, is they ignored theirs too. They did. I mean, but they knew that was coming because it was kind of a reboot. That was a totally intentional. Yeah. Right. You know. So it's the same thing as like Ken was saying. It's just Elseworlds. It's two different universes. Yeah. Yeah. You could you could see it as that anyway. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with it and people's reactions 
when it does come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know it's it's obviously pleasing all those Ghostbusters fanboys who didn't want women as Ghostbusters because, oh, my God, that's horrible. Until um, you find mm-hmm. out that the new Ghostbusters are like half women, half men or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. But right. let me tell you that that most recent one with all women was a fun movie. I don't yeah, know. Like, screw the haters. That was a fun movie. I, I, you know, I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> we, we saw in the drive through. It was it. like one in the morning when we seen it. <laughs> By the time it came I mean, on. I thoroughly liked it. It yeah. was uh it was fun. And I have to admit, like the the, the introduction of like the different armaments they had. Oh my god, all the stuff they created. That was just yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. It it reminded me actually of the um the real Ghostbusters cartoon a little bit because they always had little gadgets and stuff that Egon was making and Ray was making. Exactly. They did, exactly. They they were kind of inspired by that. It's not like it took it out of the continuity of the rest of it. No, so. no. But Ghost, like people don't realize Ghostbusters does actually have almost Elseworld stuff going on because the comics have completely different things going on. Right. They, they've had cartoons with completely different things going on. So they do actually have almost like a multiverse of Ghostbusters at this yeah, point. They did. Well, yeah. The cartoons so. definitely had other dimensions because there was a couple of oh, times yeah. like houses that would have doors that would go into this other monster dimension that come back out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, the comics crossed over crossed over with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, for goodness sake. They did. <laughs> I mean, did, they, did they cross over with Batman somewhere, too? No, the Turtles crossed over with Batman. The Turtles crossed over with Batman. Turtles have done it twice. <laughs> it's a bit of everything. Um, and one thing that Kylan is very happy to hear, they have confirmed there will be two new Mission Impossible movies. And oh, they're nice. seven and eight are going to be filmed back to back. Because yes. they want to make sure they get as much of Tom Cruise in as possible before they completely crush his body. <laughs> yeah, and because I mean, um, was it was it the uh, the critics the the critics awards were last weekend and Mission Impossible got action movie of the year for 2018. <clears throat> oh, nice. Uh, it, like honestly, like it was weird. Like a lot of people panned this movie just because I guess it was the fifth sixth movie Six. in the franchise so they just inherently didn't like it but once you watched it you saw what a good story it was it's all of a sudden starting to get great buzz after the fact so yeah you know it's well, weird like you know for franchises have gone this long to all of a sudden suddenly get recognized yeah I, it's almost like i think we almost have found because america has always been in this search for uh james bond type of franchise because we hadn't gotten that like the closest thing that we got was the born identity, the born movies, mm-hmm. but it seems like Mission Impossible is starting to get that now too. So, well, what, it's interesting because Mission Impossible, the whole franchise, is a kind of rarefied air to um, that you can go back to like Lethal Weapon, where actually it got better the more of them they did. Like Lethal right. Weapon right. Four, in my opinion, is probably one of the best ones they made. Um, Which one? Lethal Weapon Four, where they added Jet mm-hmm. Li and all the other guys to it. That was an awesome mm-hmm. movie, I thought. Okay, it may just be me, but um, but you can go with something like a um, Fast and the Furious franchise. And the more of those they made, they actually started to get really good. And they did, yeah. More. They, yeah, I mean, because you can only do so many movies that are about car culture. Exactly. Yeah, uh, you know, what you gonna do? Oh my god, hit We're the gonna go race. Okay, <laughs> let's go to Tokyo. That's right. <laughs> like they still didn't understand that one. That one, that one messed everyone up. I don't like going to Tokyo to be hitting up the different restaurants. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, that this Mission Impossible starting to feel like a Fast and the Furious type <laughs> franchise where they're gonna they just getting stronger as they go, adding more characters so that if they need other characters can step out. Eventually, right. I, I almost see this going without a Tom Cruise, or he'll move up to the point where he's giving the missions. Well, that that's kind of like what they're doing now. I mean, because the thing in this one. 
he was as old as John Voight was in the first one. Oh, yeah. there you go. So if you look at Tom Cruise doing his own stunts, and he did some yeah, insane that's stunts. That's why they're going through these so fast. You look at him now, and you look at John Voight in the first one, it's kind of <laughs> like, okay. Well, John Voight was not, not trying to be an action star that that age. Well, no, no, no. It's, it's just an age comparison, right? But, just yeah. an age comparison. I mean, they have they have to do something a little different, not only to grab new fans, but to keep the fans they have. Because right. if you're just rehashing the same type of story, right, every time, it's not going to keep your fan base. No, no, and he's done. He's probably the the best thing that to, to happen to that series, and it it took maybe two movies past it to realize it was John Woo doing Mission Impossible 2 because yeah. it completely changed the franchise. Because if you look at the first movie and you look at the second movie, they're two completely different movies. But from there, it kind of guided the franchise into uh, something that would that would have more mass appeal, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and so, uh, honestly, after the insane stunts that they've done with the uh, – with, uh, <laughs> Yeah. With Fallout, I don't know I where it could go. But I'm like, you know, I know I got Well, this. let's see. Was he on a plane in the last one? He was like, yeah, he so did that whole climbing a plane. We're, we're going with a space, <laughs> uh, spacecraft at this point. We're going we're, we're to get Mission Impossible Moonraker. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's going to be a crossover with Bond. <laughs> but uh. anyway, um, Mission Impossible 7 is going to come out in summer of 2021. And number 8 is 2022. And the reason... Seven is waiting until 2021 is so that it does not conflict with Tom Cruise's big release, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> so you're getting Tom Cruise every year for the next three years, at least. Oh, my word. <laughs> That's fine. You know, I didn't know what to think about Top Gun coming back, but I'm well, starting to like what it. what he's done for Mission Impossible, yeah. you know, there's going to be some big stunts in that, too. It's All right, be- I'm curious to see Maverick be, what, the responsible commanding officer now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd have to be at this at his age. I don't know. Uh, I, I enjoyed Top Gun when it was out because just as a just a fun flyboy type movie, and that, hopefully mm-hmm. that's what you with this one. They don't try to go too crazy with it. You know what I mean? Make it just a fun flying movie. Yeah, you don't want it overly serious. No, overly, no, no, yeah. no. But yeah, we'll just let Foo Fighters just... fly around. <laughs> right. I don't know. Hey, bring back Iron Eagle. Yeah. Hey, I enjoyed we're, we're those gonna... movies. You you want a whole slew of now air movies? Is what you're looking well, you at. know, what, that's what you Top know Gun they did. had that weird like it was it went from fighter pilots and then we had helicopters. We were in love with helicopters for a while, and then it was cars. Then it was cars. So now we're going back to pilots. We go back to pilots. Again, I mean, I Captain Marvel's the beginning of it. That you're going back to fighter pilots. There you go. See fighter <laughs> pilots. You know. Um. Interestingly, I I found an article about um Shazam. Uh, there was an interview with the costume designer talking about the costume, uh, Shazam's actual costume in the movie that's coming out. The costume itself, because of everything involved in it, cost over a million dollars. One costume. And it's partly because it's got like 3D printed fabric um, with textures. It's... um got a musculature underneath the spandex with sculpting. It also has a cooling unit. It has lighting and wiring throughout, and it runs on 26-volt 
double A rechargeable battery. <laughs> oh, nice! And they make that lasts about two hours a charge, so that lets you know how long the filming goes. Yeah. two hours at a time. Um, but apparently, not only is this like more than a million dollars for the suit, they made ten of these suits for the movie. That's about so right. more than ten. More than ten million dollars on that just one just one bit of costuming. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because they have to have a couple for the stunt guy, a couple for him, a couple that light up, a couple of them exactly. don't. Exactly. They actually need these. And they actually had a sculptor come in and completely sculpt Zachary Levi's body so that when they were doing things involving the costume, they didn't need Zachary Levi there. And they had the whole sculpt of his body that they could use to form different things. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. I just find it interesting. There's so much more involved in movie making than people sometimes consider. Mm -hmm. See, they should have just brought in the people that do the um, Arrowverse costumes because the Black Mm -hmm. Lightning costume, you could do a similar effect to that and make it look good on the big screen. Exactly. Because it's got the LED LED lights and everything in it. Yeah, that does have a lot. And that was one of the things they said that they were glad that the design they went with was actually a little more of the traditional Shazam with the short cape because Mm -hmm. they could hide the battery packs. Right. On his back. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you hear uh, also that um, Warner Brothers, according to Toby Emmerich, is moving away from, and the way it sounds, the headlines say moving away from a shared universe, but it sounds like they're just not going to force it, if, uh, if you okay. actually listen to the way he says. Okay. They're, they're not going to uh, force it so that every movie has to um, lead into another movie. It, it's, right. I see if they let, let it all be in the same universe, even if they're not leading to an overarching story. Because he said what it is, they're going to allow the directors to focus on what they're doing and not have to worry about what's coming down the road. Well, I think I think it works, though, to have movies that are standalone if you want to get a new audience anyway. Like Mm -hmm. even even with Shazam coming out, even in the trailer, you see that, like, I think someone's wearing a Wonder Woman T-shirt. Yeah. And, you know, he's got Batman stuff. It's a world where they exist. But you don't need to connect it directly with him doing stuff with the heroes. Yeah. Right. Which is awesome. Think, well, one of um, Ben Affleck's batarangs is in um, Frankie's um, bedroom. Yeah. And they opened the drawer and it had the, letter, the newspapers with Superman. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. connects it into the world. But like you said, a standalone – and that's what they're looking at is the, the – out of all the DC movies they've done so far, the standalone movies that don't officially connect are the ones that have done phenomenal. Wonder Woman, uh, Aquaman so far, uh, Shazam coming up, as far as we know, doesn't um, connect to the main storyline. Right. And, and that's just it. Like, you can have the ones that are part of a team, like the ones from Justice League. You can have Wonder Woman, you can have Aquaman, and they can actually have their own movie without it having to be something like Batman v Superman, where it has to connect. Right. Yeah. And because they, like like we said, they don't do as well. No. Because that you're, unless you have the the exact same team, unless you have the same producer, the same director, and the same writer they're not going to be able to connect it very well and make the movie they want to make. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the secret uh, that Marvel has figured out because you can, you, you can uh, look at all, you can watch all the Iron Man movies to a certain degree. They kind of relate to Avengers, but just tenuously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you can watch the Captain America movies. Those ones are more and- fully integrated in with everything else though. Right. The they first one was not, because, but the rest of them are. Well, because you get Civil War, you have yeah. all the Avengers yeah. showing up in that. So. Right, but it's But, not. I mean, you watch the Thor movies, Thor doesn't have to have anything to do with no. the rest of the movies, yeah. really. You know, yeah, so, it, especially Ragnarok, that's com- virtually completely standalone. Right, mm-hmm. and, it, and it works. You know, like, it, it, it's just like a comic. Like, I can read Daredevil, and it's all good. 
but I, I can I can read Daredevil or I can read Iron Fist. But like when they had when they were doing the Defender series, mm-hmm. I can read Defenders and what's going on in this book doesn't necessarily affect what's going on right. in the team book. Right. You know. Yeah. And the so, other thing that's good still about good this, writing either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's good about this is the fact that um it looks like they're not no longer going to try to co- poorly copy the Marvel method. And they're going to actually move on their own and do so by doing standalone movies that don't necessarily connect. They're going to try to blaze their own path and try to make this work instead of right. just yeah. trying to do exactly what Marvel did, but doing it really bad. And that, and that's just it. Like from, from the start, I think because they saw how well Marvel did with character movies and then ensemble movies, they decided they had to do that. Mm-hmm. When they when they didn't when kind of like from the start they should have ignored it, right? Um, and doing their like doing their own Batman movies that was working fine for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and bringing it up the way they did, they could have kind of ignored it from the start. So it's good that they're finally <laughs> getting to that point. And and I think it's it's more because of the extreme popularity box office wise of things like Wonder Woman and Aquaman that they have finally realized it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think also the changes yep. is this is stuff that um, started to change about a year ago, but they're just now finally able to uh, start announcing stuff because Toby Emmerich only took over the studio about a year ago. Yeah. And, and, and you know what else happened? Zack Snyder stepped back. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, some of the stuff yeah. it seems like that he's saying now that his ideas were seem like they may have been okay. Cause supposedly he was moving back towards lighter movies, but he didn't get a chance to finish it. Well, I don't know. Plain. I have never seen him do a lighter, lighter movie, so I don't know what. Yeah, exactly. Never. No, that's not Zack Snyder. That's no, not. No. Yeah. I, I just kind of doubt. I think he's just kind of saying it because he doesn't have to prove it. Right. See, a lighter so, film uh, doesn't necessarily mean a blue costume versus a black costume. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and as we'll see in the movie we saw today, you can do a totally dark film without it being totally dark and depressing. True. Right. That's true. So what, what else we got before we move into glass? Um, since we're on Marvel and DC anyway, uh, the, the numbers have come out for publishing for 2018 in comics. Uh, and the top publisher for 2018 was Marvel Comics, but DC had the number one best selling comic. So overall, the good news is that the comic book specialty market sales were up more than 3% over the previous year, uh, even though. Surprisingly, graphic novel sales dipped about 6%, but digital comics continued to grow. Yeah. So, you know, there's an up and down, but overall an upward shift, which is always good to see. Yeah. Um, Publishing-wise, Marvel had the number one spot with 40% unit share, with DC having a 33% unit share. All the other ones below obviously had really small shares, but uh, third place was Image, then IDW, then Dark Horse. So... Um, you know, they're, they're there, but they're not going to catch up anytime soon. They're not going to have big ones at all. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, image was just under 10%. So significant for the size of their publishing empire. Uh, but there's no way, there's no way they're catching up to even DC's 33% anytime soon. Yeah. And um, that number one, you said DC had the number one selling. Was that action 1000? Yes. Okay. Not surprisingly, and I would not be surprised. A lot of people bought it who don't even read the comics. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. gonna get they're gonna get that again probably this year with um, Detective One Thousand. Maybe, but I think we have a lot more that were going for Superman than that yeah. would go for that. Um, so the the top ten comics, number one was Action Comics One Thousand. Number two was Amazing Amazing Spider Man Eight Hundred. 
Three was Batman 50. That was the wedding issue. Uh, four was Fantastic Four number one. Then you had Amazing Spider-Man number one, Return of Wolverine number one, Venom number one, uh, mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man 798, Batman Who Laughs number one, and Amazing Spider-Man number 799. So you had three DC comics and all the rest were Marvel, and most of them were Spider-Verse. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so there you go. The, the last thing I have was kind of like a weird thing that I found um, for people who, are, who read uh, paranormal books. And you might recognize the name Sherilyn Kenyon. She's the author of the Dark Hunter series and a bunch of uh, paranormal romance novels and some sci-fi. She is suing her husband, estranged husband, and his assistant for poisoning her. Okay. This is a fascinating story. When I came across it, um, I just had to read the whole thing that basically um, over the course of a few years... They were actually poisoning her food, forcing her to eat it. Um, there was someone who, like, they had they had access to her personal email as her assistant, as well as her bank accounts. And she's accusing him of siphoning off hundreds of thousands of dollars from her income for personal use. And it's kind of fascinating. Okay, here's here's some of the details. Like, in late 2014... Um, Kenyon began experiencing mysterious symptoms with no clear explanation that her doctors could find no medical cause through tests and she was getting sicker and sicker and couldn't even walk at one point. Um, her hair was falling out within a year. Her teeth got really brittle and actually began to break. She became weak with symptoms, including extreme nausea, vomiting, respiratory distress. She had swelling and numbness, disorientation. (laughs) No doctors or dentists could figure out what was wrong with her. Um, And she even at one point in a convention a couple years ago shared food with someone and that other person got sick almost immediately from the food that she shared. And it wasn't until her husband filed for divorce, she went out and had her blood, nails, and hair tested for toxins. The tests found her body contained high levels of lithium, tin, barium, platinum, and thorium, which are all toxic. Yeah. After her husband moved out, her health started to improve. So, (laughs) Mm. interestingly, in that course of time, her husband, unbeknownst to her, took out a million-dollar insurance policy on her life with him as the beneficiary. Huh. Seriously, this is like a weekly murder mystery TV show. It is. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's I, crazy. I'm like, don't you realize? I mean, you have paper, a paper trail. Yeah. At that point, once you have yeah, an but, insurance policy, but you can make it all disappear if she dies under mysterious circumstances and no one questions it. Especially if nobody was figuring it out when she was exactly. Sick. Exactly. Um, I don't know. So, I think taking out an insurance policy on someone and making yourself the beneficiary is just... And he even, when when he filed for divorce, <laughs> he even closed bank accounts that were, the, were for the benefit of their children, took the money, and opened an account in his name only. You know, <laughs> like, he, he illegally? He could do that. That's not illegal. No, it's not illegal, but come on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Because it totaled like almost half a million dollars, the amount of money from their accounts. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So this this will be interesting to see what happens, but um, he's looking kind of guilty already. Yeah, so. you think there'll almost be like enough for an, him to uh, law for them? and order? I'm wondering how if they have enough there for criminal charges. I mean, it is possible. See, civil you don't have to prove as much. You yeah, know, where criminal is beyond a reasonable doubt, so you have to go much further to prove it. 
Um, and it depends based on what she's alleging, uh, the statute of limitations on certain charges. Cause some things you have to bring, um, bring charges against someone within a certain amount of time. Um, so it'll be, it will be interesting to see either way what becomes of a civil suit. And then if it does lead to, to, uh, criminal charges, because once you have the civil suit behind you, you can say, see, I have the proof. So this will add to the beyond a reasonable doubt sort of. Mm-hmm. Sort of yeah, because they would they would just have to figure out what poison he actually used, yeah, and proved he purchased them or the assistant or whatever did it. Yeah, they there would have to be a connection to the poisons and stuff. And I mean, even just the fact that they were providing her food and forcing her to eat it, yeah, would kind of show that they had you know they had control over the food and could have done something to it at any time, but. This well, that, is a yeah. Law and Order episode. It, it is really what this is. is. It really Someone, is. someone's been watching eighties movie of the week. That's what it's. It's a lifetime movie. Like it's a woman. Yeah, this is like a Daniel Steele movie. movie. <laughs> a, but we don't have a Detective Gorin involved in this yet, do we? Oh, I don't know. I can I can look that up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, what that? It, admittedly, it doesn't make big news, but it's big enough news that um, you know it shows up on the blogs and stuff. I I pay attention to, so I'll. I'll definitely be seeing the results from that. Eventually. Well, when Don read this to me, I was just like, "Is this real?" I mean, I know it's real, but yeah, somebody said, "You know what? I'm watching." Oh, I was watching. He was watching this like a 1940s, like double indemnity or something. Yeah, like, like who poisons people? There's always proof now. Like who poisons people? <laughs> yeah, but even he, now. If, if it looks like she died of just natural causes or heart failure or something, they don't do an autopsy because it costs too much. That's true. That's true. Unless it looks like there's a um, that there was something foul play, then they don't worry about it. Right. Right. Very true. Does he start his uh, his sentences with meh and end with you see? Yeah, it's like this, you see? Man, man. Man, we were, we were married a long, team, long time, you see? Man, man. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, thus, <laughs> Kylan goes <laughs> to Dick Tracy. <laughs> I thought it was Penguin. No, no, no. That, that's what all the Dick Tracy villains sounded like. In the Remember the 40s Dick Tracy yeah. movies? Yeah. <laughs> Every one of them sounded like that. I just pictured Danny DeVito. Man, Dick Tracy, I'm so tight. You see, I'm going to do what I want. You see, well, you no, can't Danny stop DeVito me. was more, wow, wow. He, wow. Had, wow. He, had, he, had to have a, he had to have kind of a slight quack to his voice. Does it? <laughs> yeah. It was almost like <laughs> he was more he was closer to Dick Meredith. Cheney. <laughs> he was a, he, that was more Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney than Dick Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> oh my gosh. Oh god. <laughs> that was funny. Well, speaking uh-huh. of masterminds. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We can move on now. <sighs> I think it's uh, we need to talk about this movie we just saw and what in the yes. world did, ha- did we just see? Because I tell you, with the flashbacks to the original movie and some of the scenes that were not ever used in the original movie, and as far as I know, have never released anywhere, I'm wondering how much of that, when he was making that first one, was he planning on doing this? Well, I mean, I think he had a lot more story when he wrote the first one anyway. Like, even, he said even when he shot Unbreakable, um, the Horde almost showed up in it. So he even had that written. Um, But yeah, I, I did read about the fact that any flashbacks you see, it actually was cutting room footage left over from Unbreakable. So I think a lot of people may have been slightly confused about how can you get that kid back? Or, you know, mm-hmm. did they de-age Bruce Willis? Because we're so used to seeing that now. Yeah, right. But no, 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 those are legit scenes from the original movie. Mm-hmm. Either he's a master of retconning 
or he's a certified genius. But then again, if you watch, the movies that Shyamalan's all got right have always been phenomenally awesome. But when he gets them wrong, he gets them way wrong. Right. <laughs> he does one way or the other. There's very few of his movies that are just okay. <laughs> right. That's true. But see, and, all- that, and that's why um, in, in another in another thing that he does, um, that's why he actually has to uh, pay for his own movies. This one, just like he did with um, he did it with Split, and he did it with The Visit. He actually funded his own movie. He paid the twenty million dollar budget for this. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, which means he gets a bigger cut, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but because he's had so many flops and so many studios don't necessarily want to give him the funds that he wants, he's just like, okay, forget it. We'll just go ahead and do it. My, I'll go ahead and do it myself. Yeah. And then what? I was going to say, when it comes to this one with the scenes and stuff, he could have just had extra stuff from the first and decided to link them that they weren't originally meant to be linked. He just linked them. It's possible, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, honestly, the type of movie maker he is... I think he never throws anything away to begin with. Right. Um, And he wanted some kind of flashbacks. He wanted to be able to show certain things and realized he had all that footage. So he he probably spent a lot of time going through a crap load of footage Mm -hmm. from Unbreakable to find those things. Well, I mean, he's he's sort of like the cinematic version of people who are crafters yeah you know like you, you let's say you had a i don't know a coffee maker that no longer works so do you throw away the coffee maker no you kind of go through there see if any crap that you can use because you got uh, a cosplay that you're working on right you, and i mean he he held on to some of this footage for 19 years yeah yeah this this may be the like the longest trilogy conclusion ever. Like it took it really? took almost twenty years to get to it. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, or as they that, said, origin. Yeah, that's the well, cool the, thing. The is, whole thing. It's like every one of the three movies is an origin story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the cool thing with this one is, like you said, since he funded it and his company, now he didn't distribute it. Obviously, I forget who it was yeah. that distri- Universal distributed it. But since he funded it and his company owns it. They can actually, they could sprout off of this and make a superhero universe that he has full control over, and he gets all the most of the cash from. Yeah, I mean, basically, a lot of people are saying this does open the door for a universe um, because of the concept he comes out with by the end. Um, but Shyamalan himself has said he's done with the glass storyline. Okay. So, but the thing is, that doesn't mean he's done with creating a universe. Yeah. It just means he's done with this whole chunk of it. Or, so right. it's a matter of whether that means part of the universe or not. It also doesn't mean that he's not going to be producing and allowing other people to play in this universe that was just created. True. Right. True. It's kind of like right. um, what Lucas did with Star Wars originally. No one wanted it, so he got just enough money from Fox to make it, and he still kept the rights to it so he could do whatever he wanted. Exactly. Right. And you see what happened after that. Right. So the the good thing is we've got now glass was basically just about the only thing that opened this weekend that anyone was going to care to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it kind of had its run of things. It's looking at right now they're looking at almost 90 million for the opening weekend. That's awesome for January. And and significant considering the budget was 20 million. Yes. <laughs> so, and actually so he, at, he made his money I think, back. I think they said for MLK so weekend strange. this is the second highest opening. Well, also you gotta think that ninety million, with uh, um, probably a quarter of the country being buried in snow that same weekend. 
Yeah, right. exactly. Because the entire, from the north central all the way through the northeast out to the ocean, it yeah. had a snowstorm all weekend. <laughs> exactly. So it, it's done really well. for. And a lot of companies didn't want to release movies this weekend anyway, knowing Glass was coming because of the cast. Right. Yeah. Not necessarily because the movie itself was going to be as hugely popular, but you have three pretty heavy hitters mm-hmm. starring in this movie. Right. And once again, well, you have James McAvoy with 15 different characters all at once. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. I mean, the this movie, like with, with this, he's made his money back four times over, almost yeah. five times over. Mm-hmm. And I could just hear uh, all the executives who said no to this <laughs> screaming because I, I mean, regardless, I mean, number one, the fact that he was able to do this with 20 million, which as far as movies go, is fairly low budget. But it's also practical effects for the right. most part. There's yeah. like there's not much going on in it. Right. So I mean, how do you say no to that? Yeah. You know. Now, that it, was admittedly crit- critics and such haven't liked it. Even on Rotten Tomatoes it's at 36%. Yeah. I well, don't listen to critics anymore, period. Yeah. We've no. proven time and time again that that really doesn't work. No, but, um, I mean, especially lately, most of the movies that critics hate have gotten big box office. So. Yeah. Well, and the ones um, they love, you're like, what? Yeah. The one <laughs> decision he made when he started with Unbreakable that was phenomenal is he's showing a world with superpowers, but they're superpowers that could be somewhat scientifically proven that this could possibly happen. Something right. like this. Like Which, Glass, you know, the... Mr. Glass has a disease that actually exists where your bones are very brittle, and he's a right. genius. There are geniuses right. out there that could think this type of crap up. <laughs> and And there are people who don't get sick who are stronger than others, mm-hmm. even without much training. Mm-hmm. There are people with multiple personality disorders. And it, you can't prove and that each of the personalities have different physical attributes to the, that if right. the body they, changes. And there are some who it is. the personalities don't even know each other. Right. You know, and they can do so many different things. And there, and there are documented stories out there mm. of people who are able to do mm. phenomenal things. And they're not able to explain it. As, a, as the funny thing is, yesterday I was watching episodes uh, one and two of uh, the Incredible Hulk pilot, and this is what uh, Bruce Banner or David Banner was searching for. Because I guess what uh, I forgot about this in the in the uh, pilot was his uh, he was in an accident with his wife. He got out. He wasn't able to get her out. But then he became obsessed with all these stories of people who, in times of great stress, were able to uh, show feats of uh, produce feats of great strength. Right. Uh, And so in his research, he discovers uh, that at a molecular level that each of these people had uh, a, a characteristic in their genes that. He couldn't explain, but then what happened was during moments where there were high a high a higher level of gamma rays. Uh, the, that's the reason why these people were able to do what they were able to do, right. which led to him doing what he did. Right. So I was like, that was just kind of funny that that was sort of. Yeah, I mean, that was back in what seventy six, seventy seven. Right. Yeah, you know that came out. Not, not the, the science was kind of hinky, but it was a TV show. We weren't well, that's really something that, re- realistic that's, science yeah. at that point. But. That's something that comic books have done for years, Marvel and DC both. In yeah. Marvel, mutants, a lot of times are, their ability is triggered by a tra- catastrophic event that causes mm-hmm. that triggers the mutation. Um, right. In DC, metahumans. Metahumans, you can have the metagene for, for your entire life and die without ever being a superhero. 
or something well, tragic really, happens and triggers it. Really, that that's what it comes down to with people who have any kind of ability or any kind of disease. It is a genetic mutation. It is mm-hmm. when you have when you have something from birth. It's a genetic mutation. There's something yeah. technically speaking, something wrong with something in your DNA that makes this happen. So. Mm-hmm. They really are mutants. I mean, they it's are. not something they're going to say in, in Shyamalan's universe, but yeah. they really are mutants. Right. So it just it just takes it – it's a more realistic level than something like X-Men right. where, you know, lasers out of your eyes and stuff. Right. Well, <laughs> in this one, in the end, we do find out um, – we're going to get to more of this. Do you want to wait for this stuff in the end until a little later or get into this organization thing now? We get to the end at now? the end. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was – well, um, Okay, basically, Glass picks up about 15 or so years after Unbreakable. Um, and only um, a, a couple months or so after Split. Like, it's well, really, really soon say, after Split. They say in the movie that it's 19 years later. How it all oh, they it started 19 okay. years ago. Oh, right, right. Well, because, yeah, I guess his son would be in his early 20s. He's out of his teens. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, because he's, it seems Cause like he's out of school His son was probably like eight or nine in the first one. Right. Yeah. But... He's not almost 30 in this one, though. No. I know they, they had mentioned ni- um, 20 years or 19 they years. They said 19 because that's what uh, Glass was saying when, when yeah, they, they, said, when they, they were talking. Yeah, they said something about 19. Well, 19 years after what happened in Unbreakable, but Unbreakable yeah. was not necessarily 19 years ago. Right. <laughs> anyway, anyway. That was when the train crash um, was. Yes. Yeah, that's right. It was It was when the train crash was. So um, the, that happened just before what happened in Unbreakable. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, Split is very recent, and that's why you get um, the the character finding out that the Horde has just been captured and she'd been worried about it because it had only just happened to her. Right. Yeah. So she was apparently back in school and back with a better foster home and that kind of thing, and it had only just happened. Mm-hmm. So, so it could I, be just I, as much as a year later. Yeah, it wasn't even a year because he was still on the loose. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, so they said it was just barely a couple months. But, yeah, because yeah, because um, at the end say, of because at the end of Split, you hear uh, they're reporting the story about him, but then it seemed like I remember them mentioning that there were some other missing people at that point. But then that's where you see him. Yeah, he was taking the girls. Well, yeah, also so. in the beginning of this, when David's talking to his son, you see David is actually actively looking for the horde, and mm-hmm. they found that the first group of at the um, they bring up the cement or the um, zoo. Then they had found another group of girls that were slaughtered in a certain area. And then there's a third one where everybody disappeared, making that triangle, remember? Right. Right. So it was at the end of Split that David found out about the Horde. Yeah. So that's when he would have started looking for them. Right. So by that point, of course, he already has the shop that you see him running with his son in this movie. Mm -hmm. Not surprisingly, a security service. Yep. Um, And, uh, okay, we just have to point out, there is an M. Night cameo in this movie that is the exact same character he played in Unbreakable in his cameo. Yes. Which is kind of one of the most brilliant cameo <laughs> shots ever. The fact it that it's the same character. In Unbreakable, <laughs> if you remember, when he's at the stadium one day, David comes across this guy in line thinking that he's got something going on. And he, he basically, it's M. Night, and he basically is, is essentially saying, don't harass me. Mm-hmm. Now you see him show up in David's security shop, and at first it, it, you're just like, "Oh, he's making another cameo, and he's looking for some security cameras or something." Mm-hmm. 
And then he, they recognize each other. And he actually says, yeah, I used to run with kind of a bad crowd, but I've turned my life around now. It's the exact same. I thought that was like one of the coolest cameos. It was. There's it was. Because it's the exact same character. And I think he even thanked him for yeah, it. He yeah, he thanked him for, for helping him turn his The life funny around. thing is, if I remember right, it's so, if I remember right, it felt kind of meta because if I remember, he said he was running with a rough crowd um, and he, did some, he made some bad decisions, but he's got yeah. his yeah. everything back on track now. Yes. <laughs> Which is kind of meta if you follow um, Shyamalan's musical or movie career. And what yeah, he's made exactly. that he hasn't. He's made some bad choices. <laughs> but he's back that, on track with where he should have been. That was a cool little thing they stuck in there. But um, essentially what this movie comes down to is you get David, you get, well, I guess Kevin, mm-hmm. Ford, Kevin, and you get Glass, same place, same time, and they finally all meet each other. David had met Glass before. And Kevin didn't know anybody. Right. Um, Glass made sure he met Kevin, and then all three of them are together. And Glass te- wants to team up with Kevin as the supervillains because Glass is all about doing things comic book style. He yeah. knew after, at the end, by the end of Unbreakable, he knew he was the villain. I mean, yeah. he caused the, the train crash is one of the things we find out in Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not just that. He did a plane, a train, and an um, office building fire. Well, yes, yes. We know all about that. But I mean, like the one that actually brought David out, we find out that was him. Mm -hmm. And so that's why he and David meet in Unbreakable. And then all three of them come together because, okay, first of all, let me just say stupidest idea ever to have all three of these in the same facility. Yeah. Yeah. That's a no, no. How how ridiculous are you to begin with to think, oh, they all exist at the same time in the same city. So let's study them in the same location in close proximity to each other. Like, it's no surprise that when those doors open and David and Kevin see each other for the first time and realize they're across the hall from each other. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. That, there are stupid people running this facility from the start. Yeah. Let me just tell you that. Yes. Well, so, this until is, this we get to the, the end, then we I find it all movie. does make. Well, by the time you get to the end, it all makes sense in a Shyamalan twist. But we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Just even for the twist it kind of sucked the way they ran this facility because the security well, yeah. sucked. But oh, you yeah. know what? I had, I hate to say this, but it was realistic. The problem is it was a super max. This was yeah. considered quote unquote super max facility. They should uh, not have lax interns or whatever the hell they were looking after these yeah, prisoners. The way for they some were. reason they right. only have two orderlies and they're the only people that can see the cameras. Yeah. yeah, but this There's was no security a, this office. Was, was this a this wasn't a prison though? Was a no, psychiatric, it's a psychiatric yeah, but it was, hospital. It was a psychiatric max hospital though. Yeah, it's they a psychiatric research hospital. Criminals. It was oh. a psychiatric research hospital. That's why they were on the yeah. one wing. That's why they had their own they private had the security wing. Security lockdowns. They had security guards right. escorting them everywhere, and yet it was no problem for these guys to go in unarmed and give them food every day. But they don't believe that. But see, the thing is, they don't believe that these superpowers are real. So they liked it to them, like the flash thing was more, I'm guessing that the flash thing was more like a placebo to stop Kevin. No, 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 no. The Uh, lights, that has been, that's like a proven scientific psychological thing that people with multiple personality disorders will shift with certain stimuli. Oh, okay. And for him, it was lights. Okay. So that is actually, medically speaking, that was legit. Right. And his superpower was not had nothing to do with his personality shifts because that was a legit medical issue. Right. So that wasn't something they were trying to convince him wasn't real because he actually had that disorder. Right. They're trying to convince him that the beast is not real. 
Yeah, the beast, because that was the one that was supposedly controlling everything and attacking right. people. The beast was the superpower issue. Right, but see... Not the multiple personalities. I know, but thing is, like, for them to convince him... Well, okay, I understand, like, that the Beast was, was a personality. Him. That was not... The, the lights were controlling him. Because, yeah. Because, like, the, when the one guy went in there one time and he kept running at him, he kept flashing the lights to get to Patricia or one of the ones in control. Right. Because they knew which of the personalities was in control and could calm everyone down. Right. So they did that. And with... with um. With David, it was more a matter of, like, they, his, he had a phobia against water Mm -hmm. because of what happened early on to him. Right. They were trying, they used that against him to control what they, what, what they were trying to make him believe were superpowers. Yeah. Right. Well, the cool thing is, the the cool thing is they did show that the Beast pretty much does have powers because um, th- when they're in the surgical yep. room and he's climbing the walls, those are flat walls. There's no gr- there's no texture on those walls. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can, you see his footprints on the wall. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that, that's like trying to climb your living room wall, but you know, your flat painted living room right. wall. Yeah. And you see that's, the, that's um, not something you could do <laughs> no, in the fight no. at the end where they're basically crushing cars. <laughs> I don't care yeah. how strong a guy is. I mean, yeah, I've seen a guy flip a car. That can happen. Guys train for that, but not a dude the size of James McAvoy. No. Right. And and especially or, or Bruce Willis, for that matter. Yeah. Right. The way he was throwing him into the van and crushing the side of the van. Now, if if you have enough force to throw someone into a vehicle, you might dent it slightly. You might right. scratch it or create like the smallest of dents. You're not going to create entire body impressions. No, that that was like accident level. Of a that was like accident level damage. Yeah, that, yeah. that was and, massive damage. And, and the fact that he moved was it like six police officers that yeah. were pushing against him? Yeah, and you know, it moved them into that um, storage facility. Yeah, through and bent the bars. And then bent the bar. Yeah, the three guys. Yeah. So, but ultimately, you know, there's going to be a confrontation and. Okay, the the interesting thing here is you have to wonder if the way this movie ended versus the way it could have ended with more money. Like, if he had more money, would they have gone to that building? I was kind of hoping. That's that's one of the things I was thinking. But the the other thing is M. Night is not known for huge over-the-top spectacle in his movies. Right. So ending it at that building would have been outside of the character for his usual movies. Right. Yeah. Well, I do wonder how much that um, building, brand new Japanese building in the middle of, I wonder if that was not an actual reference, uh, backhanded reference to Die Hard. <laughs> I, I was waiting for the that name was, of the building when it first came yeah. up. Yeah, really it was talking like, something. Oh, but... please call it Nakatomi. Please call it Nakatomi. <laughs> I was. I did, I did wonder that. Yeah. I got that. Yeah, too. I would not yeah, be surprised like, if it comes out that that wasn't just his homage to um, Bruce Willis being in Die Hard. <laughs> that was funny, though. It was. Now, I have I have to admit, considering the amazing job that McAvoy does with so many characters, because every character he does, he seems like a different character. He's in the same outfit, the same looks, everything, but he seems like a different character with every one that he switches to. And he did an amazing job again, but really considering how he could have taken over this whole movie, it actually did a good job of giving those three virtually equal time story-wise and not letting his over-the-top characters overshadow everyone else. Right. Well, also the fact with him is 
the, with his mannerisms with doing each character, he didn't have to speak. You knew which character he was. Yes. Exactly. Well, you knew when was, Patricia took over. You know when you know uh, one of the other ones took over. You could just when it, tell when it, was one of, when it was that nine-year-old. You knew when it yeah. was Hedwig. When it was um, Hedwig. And that well, was the interesting thing is, I just brought up on IMDb. They have the trivia thing that they put with all the movies. Sam yeah. Jackson actually had some something to say about working with McAvoy during all this. He said, "As good as I like to think I am, or what I do, or how I do it." Watching somebody transform characters in front of your eyes and have an argument with four different people is pretty amazing. Because <laughs> that's what I was saying. If McAvoy doesn't get any kind of nominations or anything for this, yeah. then... Yeah, he should have got it for the first one. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like, it wasn't like in Split where you had the characters for kind of a long time each mm-hmm. time. This one, especially when he was in the room and the lights kept switching, Mm -hmm. you were getting a couple seconds of a character and he was just switching so fast. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it was it's crazy how how well he acted that. I mean, and it it was it was voice. It was mannerism. Mm -hmm. And to a certain degree, it's like where they were within the conversation. Yeah. And there were new ones who showed up. You didn't see in Split. Yeah. Um, those those twin girls that was a new personality for him yeah um so yeah so there were there were a few new ones who showed up but you didn't quite you still didn't get all 24 because i counted up the names in the credits at the end and it was like 14 or 15 because mm-hmm. <laughs> it gave the names of every single one of his characters and credited it to mcavoy so that was kind of awesome but it was it was like you got you got good chunks of him and you got david's story and where he is and you got more of glass and him like hiding everything and how he came about basically breaking everyone out. His, his whole goal was to bring everyone together and break them out. Yeah. That was that it really, the whole premise of the movie is really simple. Once they get captured, glass wants to break everyone out yeah. and cause some mayhem. That's the whole, the whole story right there. Wait, he's <laughs> a, he's the villain. That's what he does. Yeah, exactly. That's all he wants. He wants yeah. his super villain arc. Yeah. And the thing is, like, it's weird. It's weird because he is such a sympathetic character. Because, well, you have to respect him for being a genius the way he is. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the scenes with him and his mother, and his mother knows that he's. I think his mother always sees him as that little boy. His mom always sees him as broken. And 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 she and she, I, like those scenes almost makes him a a, a sympathetic character. You know, so. It's weird. Like I, in my head, his, I know his mom doesn't think what he does is all that bad. Like, because at one point when she's being interviewed by the doctor, she's like, "Yeah, it was horrible what he did to all those people," and like she almost like doesn't regret it at all. Like he's kind of like, "Oh well, it happened." Like, yeah. it just... But you know, but there's some that some parents is just how they are. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like well, you know, he has these brittle bones and he's super smart and he's acting out, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know. Well, that, and then you, you know, find out that in the end, he wasn't the big bad. Right. Right. Which, and that's pretty, con- that, that's a comic book ending in itself. Right. The one the, that you and, think is the big bad is not. And and that's where we get to the twist in this. Um, because it kind of became a what the hell's going on kind of moment when everyone's outside having this big fight and they're finally being controlled. Um, you get a small twist when you find out that... Uh, Kevin's dad was killed on the train crash that David survived. 
and that Ke- and then Kevin or the the horde or the beast at the time um, finds out that Glass caused it. He did not know that. Mm-hmm. So when he finds out that Glass caused it, all of a sudden Glass is no longer the friend he thought he was. Right. And he had caused it in order to bring out a hero or someone who had superhuman powers. So uh, the Beast turns on Glass and in the easiest way possible, because really, to kill Glass, it's pretty damn easy. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> to take Glass out, you just injure him in right. any way, really. Right. Um, and it takes him out of the game. Um, he broke his collarbone first, then he punched him kind of lower ribs and stomach. Mm -hmm. He broke everything about him. He fell out of his chair, broke his legs. You kind of knew glass was done at that point. So that's what you kind of thought might've been the twist, which by the way, I thought was kind of boring. I didn't find it as a twist. I honestly, the lead up to that, I was really hoping that Kevin's dad was a comic book artist because the way they were leading up to it with all the stories that looked like they were about the horde and everything. Mm -hmm. I thought that should be a reveal that he was an artist, especially since his last name was Crumb. It would have worked mm-hmm. out. Yeah. <laughs> but, what? but then you get everyone, the, the, the girl, I forget her name. Um, Casey. The girl calms down the horde again. Mm-hmm. She's, she's able to go to him, calm him down. There's a, there's a big fight with David in the water and all this kind of stuff. She goes to the beast, calms him down, gets Kevin out again. Apparently touching him is the trick. Um, it, it's kind of like a sappy way to do it and didn't really work all that well. But she calms him down. Right as she calms him down, boom, there's a sniper that shoots him. Right. Okay, so he's going to die. <laughs> and then these guys that are supposedly well, rushing over. Hang on a second. That sniper, oh. they go back to that sniper. You see he has a three-leaf clover on his wrist on a tattoo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, and then you go over to these guys who are rushing over apparently to take David into custody, but instead they drag him over to this deep pothole full of water and try to drown him. Um, which is kind of like a ridiculously horrible way to die drowning in a pothole. Yeah. (laughs) To begin with. Um, and again, they have a clover tattoo. And so this is, this is the, this is the WTF moment because you're like, um, what, what's this clover mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so basically everyone dies. <laughs> it's the Illuminati. It really is. You get it your three Illumin- characters dying and you cut to the doctor in a room full, uh, in a restaurant. And then some people leave the restaurant. Everyone goes silent and the door is locked. And it is basically an Illuminati type group. I guess they've been, they've dubbed it clover in, in I don't know if that's the name of it, but in, in the, reviews and stuff they seem to have dubbed it clover because of the tattoo um and their goal is to basically rid the world of anyone who might have powers of some type so that the world can not know they exist well first Which, they, I mean, they try to convince them that any of these people that what they have it doesn't actually exist they're just normal with a weird right. psycho- psychological problem yeah i mean that's right. why they have the doctor involved she goes to these areas where there's been reports and then on a psychological level tries to convince these people that it's not what they think it is. And then eliminate them. And quite honestly, I think she could never convince them and she just kills them every time. Right. Probably. <laughs> that's well, that's it, what I think. Well, I mean, I mean that that's very comic book too, because I mean, you have the, okay. So, so you have the, uh, the, um, 
purifiers or the, the anti-mutant people like in the X universe. Mm -hmm. You have the people who within the Marvel universe who are anti-superhero as well as in the DC universe. You have the people who are anti-meta. So there's all the there in each you know in the each comic world. And I'm pr pretty sure you'll see something similar in uh, some of the independent titles. Mm -hmm. There's always a human contingent that fights against that because they don't want quote unquote gods among us. Yeah, yeah, you know. And the cool thing is this one. According to this, they said they've been around for over ten thousand years doing this. Their organization. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, this is there, not there a are... new a new thing. There, there are super-powered individuals out there that have been cleansed for that mm -hmm. that length of time. Um, now, okay, for me, the twist didn't work because this was the first time it showed up. Like, the, the real way for this to work as a true twist to the story would have been some semblance of it showing up in one of the other two movies. Right. Even if you just saw a tattoo right. in, in, a pa in passing just to know that they were being tracked in some way mm -hmm. um, and that there was more to find out that throwing it in, in the third act, like basically this movie is the third act of the entire story mm -hmm. of the three and throwing it in, in the third act near the end of the movie to me was a cheap way of throwing in a twist and concluding things by giving you something to think about. It was kind of, it was lazy writing to me. It was kind of like, how are we going to sum this all up and give them a twist? Oh, I know. We'll create an organization. I, I, you know, okay. It's sort of like when I watched, like, season two of Highlander, the series, introduces the Watchers. Yes. They're like, in, 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 the, in the first three Highlander movies, there was no mention of the Watchers anywhere. The first series, the first season, there's no mention of the Watchers. But then all of a sudden... There is this group of people who chronicle the uh, existence and interaction of uh, immortals mm -hmm. with humans. Right. Now, mind you, a TV series is different because they introduced this and you had like 24 episodes to develop it. All right. So and, you know, they kind of made. But TV not being mentioned in the movies doesn't matter if someone's just watching the TV series. Right. Well, I, I, I'm just looking at it within the mythology as right. a whole. So I don't know if he maybe if he plans on doing something else with this, you know, you could take you could take this from Clover's interaction or whatever. But I get it. Like, you know, because we don't see any we don't see anything at the beginning of the movie. We are all of a sudden it's like in the last 10, 15 minutes. Right. Boom. There's this organization. So I, I get it. I, I I was willing to accept it um, just based on what it is, but the more I think about it, I'm a, uh, it would have been helpful somewhat, even if there was just some slight hint of it in Unbreakable or at yeah. least in um, Split. In, in Split. So yeah, it could. I mean, it's very much that um, we were talking about this yesterday. That a lot of the things in this movie that look like they go way back could be just really, really creative retcons. Right. Which right. is fine because yeah. it, it right. he did it well enough that it feels like it's supposed to have been there. Well, you like, know what? We just need to contact him. And just get him on here. Yeah. Well, um, you know what? It. He might do it. You never he know. Probably. And just pick his brain. I but, mean, he's from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kevin's dad. The scene we show of Kevin's dad on the train. Yeah. Jessica actually went and watched Unbreakable again last night. So there's there's a person in that seat back there, but there's no briefcase. So that right. obviously is a retcon. Yeah, that um, one. And then actually, when it when it pans over. When when it gets kind of 
caught showing one of the seats in the in the aisle right away, you know that that's where they've cut it into the scene from yeah. Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. When he you passes know, in so. front of the seat, and it, and it was seamless. I mean, if you yeah, didn't oh, know yeah. he was doing this, and w- us knowing movies in general, we know he was doing it. Yeah. But if you didn't mm-hmm. know he was doing it, it was seamless because the girl you could see it, it um, unfocused um, down the row. You can see the girl that walks up and sits beside David. Unless that was another edit out from the original movie, another extra scene that was added. Possibly, but the briefcase would have been added. But so. how often do we see where stuff? You look at yeah, a film. They show up in a second cut or something. Yeah, right. They show up or they disappear or yeah. You know, someone mm-hmm. forgets Possibly. to put something back. The, the, the other thing I didn't like was, and I didn't think it was a twist because the audience knew about it, was the doctor being totally taken by surprise that Glass had done something with the cameras. Yeah. Like, and didn't realize it till she was leaving town and in the comic shop because one of the geeks in the comic shop mentioned something about a supervillain's plan mm-hmm. and how it just one thing distracts you from what they were really doing. Right. Like... Wouldn't you have reviewed what happened if you knew he was getting out of his room? Shouldn't you have reviewed things that were going on in the security room and everything else? Yeah, like, but I know that that's that's a hubris of the of the big bad. I mm-hmm. think they oh, they true. always they like Luther, Lex Luthor, Kingpin, they all do it. They 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 are so full of themselves. They're pretty sure that they have everything planned out. I mean, because they they had already more or less orchestrated the demise of David and Glass and mm-hmm. Kevin, so they felt like that all of this. The only thing they uh, and they even had the police. Uh, they had their people in the police department present, so all of this was contained. Mm-hmm. So everything is good. And uh, also, I, just, I, I feel like that that was the one X factor that they just didn't consider because they had all this other stuff covered. Yeah, and I, well, and I also don't think she truly believed. Glass was um, as much of a mastermind as he was. She did not realize right. he was actually good because I don't think the two um, the two orderlies remember never reported when they were finding him in the hallway, just sitting out in the middle of the hallway. Right. They're like, oh wait, let's get him back in there before anybody finds out. And the, the other thing though about not leaving anything else, any any other strands around, going back into the asylum <sighs> and telling your staff to keep it a secret. Yeah. No, it's not happening. No, these it's people not. were not part of the organization to begin with. Right. You had staff seeing things. You have patients seeing things, and all you do is go in with very little explanation, saying, "We need to not talk to talk about this to anybody." That's not happening. Those right. people are going out and telling their spouses about what they saw at work. Right. You know, they're putting things online. They're not just. What have you given them to not tell? Well, yeah, they didn't yeah. offer the money. No. They didn't well, threaten their lives. They- remember, remember when they were out there and they started to fight, she had told them everybody out of whatever wing it was, everybody away yeah. from the windows. I mean, but people the- still saw. You saw them grabbing people after having seen stuff. Yeah, right. Right. And the patients, and- they wouldn't listen to the patients because they were all, quote unquote, crazy. Right. Um, a lot of the staff saw everything that went on. Well, yeah, but especially the, the two girls that were in else. the van. But, you know, but at this point, you're you're yeah. going to at the very least end up with blogs of people yeah. who saw this like you know. at the end when she's standing she's standing in front of at least 20 or so people yeah right telling them not to talk about it that's well, not they, happening no and, probably... and she let the three family she let the three other people go away david's son and the girl and glass's mom mm-hmm. they all got to walk away well right. see what those 20 people kept it to themselves <laughs> for the whole eight hours until it hit the internet 
know, right, exactly. Yeah. And the, the other problem I had was was at the very end when they were in the train station and people are watching these videos. <laughs> in this day and age, people aren't that impressed by that type of video that they're going to go, "Oh my god, it's superheroes." No. I don't like they this whole thing was supposed to be made a big deal of with all that footage getting out, but most people would be like, "So what?" Like I watched this, okay, let's move on to the next YouTube thing. Like it it he tried to make it a big deal at the end that this footage got released. Oh my God. And everyone's watching it. You know, it, it gets its five minutes of fame and people move on. Well, you we were watching that five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's it. Then you move on from it. Like it's not the big deal that they made it out to be. But I also think that that doctor gets killed off by Clover because she screwed up. Right. Yeah. doesn't matter what got out. She still screwed up. She's dead. <laughs> well, you know, I, I would say the thing is maybe for, for the, for the, the, the majority of people out there, yeah, this was just a five-minute video and it's done. But there's a small contingent of people that what if that they are one of those specials? Yeah. Then, okay, there are others like me. I'm not just some weirdo. Right. And they may be in deepest, darkest Kentucky right now. <laughs> deepest, dark. And they're able, you know, and they're, and they're able to I lift a tractor. I thought you were going for Africa, but you went for Kentucky. <laughs> and they're able to lift a, a, a tractor. Right. And they thought it was just something that they were always able to do. You can find hey, videos like that boy. on YouTube right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not uh, going to believe them. No, right. <laughs> for uh, me, well, okay, for me, this was this was a very unsatisfying ending to the trilogy. Right. I have to admit that. It really was. Like, I gave this movie probably two and a half out of five. That's for me. So, I almost want to see more. Yeah. I expect more when it's like, you know, t- supposedly twisty and it's really going to give me something out of a couple of movies that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Unless this is just uh, the beginning yeah. of more movies. Yeah, well, but even even that, it doesn't really. I mean, I don't really care about that organization. Yeah, I don't. I really don't. Well, I wouldn't mind seeing the, the 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 three that are still alive: Glasses Bomb, the Sun, and the the girl. Seeing them taking that organization down. They've been. How many years did she say that they've been added? Over a thousand or whatever. Yeah, over ten thousand or whatever. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing them taking that organization down. I was kind of wondering um, because of the way they kept going back to Casey and and was it Jacob? I believe Joseph or Joseph, and then Glass's mom, which is interesting. I just looked up the actress who plays Glass's mom is actually two years younger than Sam Jackson. But yeah, you you can tell based on the horrible makeup job they did yeah. on her. Yeah, but um, not a good. Th- this is this is the problem with all the close ups he did in this movie mm-hmm. makeup jobs. Right. Well, I was wondering if not if Joseph or um, probably not Casey, but if Joseph may actually have started to show some ability in this. No, I think she did. I think she had ability. Who? Um, Casey. Casey. Mm-hmm. It's possible. But it's possible. we're actually getting close to the end of this. We got to get ready to start wrapping this up. So we know what Dawn's take on overall take on <laughs> Vicky. What was your overall take and feel of this as we wrap this up? Um, I liked it. There's still a lot of questions. Like I said, I would love to like just sit down and talk to him. But this one, there were so many questions and so many um, directions I know he can go. Yeah. Okay. Of course, I'm thinking he's out of the doghouse now after his flops. So I think he's... Yeah, someone might... Well, actually, I did see that. You're talking about the flops and how people don't want to... He made the money movie with his own money. But this movie, <laughs> I guess, um, on the backside, should have been a red tape nightmare. Because yeah. Disney mm. put out Unbreakable and owns Unbreakable officially. Yep. Universal put out Split. And this yep. is the first time that, because anybody who knows <laughs> movies at all, Universal and Disney don't get along. They're rivals mm-hmm. in everything, in movies, and theme parks, and everything else in the world. They are rivals. Um, Universal owns NBC and all those TV networks. A, um, ABC, ESPN is all Disney. 
And they actually got the two companies to willingly work together to put this movie out. Right. Well, and the other thing is, this is probably why he used footage that was not used in Unbreakable. Right. Because yeah. he actually had that footage to use, and it wasn't already shown in the movie. Right. That well, and it well it did say that um, Disney had no problem signing off on using David Dunn in Split, even though it was a Universal movie, be, as long as they had some say in what they did for the third movie. Right. Right. So, but it was—it's just a huge thing that those two companies were willing to allow to allow this to get put out together. Right. Well, so, I think um, I think considering their their biggest beefs with each other have to do with with the uh, non real world superheroes. Yeah. They weren't quite as concerned with a smaller movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Kylan, final takes on Unbreakable or not Unbreakable on <laughs> Glass. Glass. I I liked it. I mean, I I don't, I don't know. Like, it didn't. I. I didn't expect it to be I okay. Like I, I I didn't enjoy it as much as Split, obviously, but I liked it overall. I would give it honestly like a three and a half. Okay. You know, and, and to me I was good with it, you know. I I would be willing to go back and watch it again if I wanted to do a marathon with all three. Like so I was good with it. Yeah. Well, for me, I I like this movie a lot. Um for me it did what is what it did best for this is what we've been doing here for the last um, half hour, 45 minutes is it gave us a lot of stuff to think about and try to figure out on our own. Um, it didn't answer every question. It posed enough questions that we still are trying to figure out what is going on exactly, but it still did give us a decent story and it, we got an end to the story without wrapping up everything and saying, here you go on a silver platter. This is exactly what happened. Right. And I, well, I think overall, interestingly, because it doesn't always happen this way, that as a trilogy, quality of the movies was based on release order. Like, yeah. I think Unbreakable was the best, and then Split, and then Glass. But part of its timing, too, because I was, I was, Kylan and I were talking about this on the way home from seeing it. We're used to seeing superhero movies. We're used to seeing vigilante movies where people are fighting and trying to destroy each other all the time. And I think waiting... 19 years or whatever for this movie to come out may have affected it from that aspect because we see that so much now. Yeah. So it almost didn't have that, that newness and that uniqueness that it would have had, had it been released years back. Yeah. Almost. Mm -hmm. it, it almost may have been better if they had used more powers that we've not seen. Right. Right. But then again, right. it would have moved against what he's ever done that these are possibly explainable powers. True. Cause if you start that, using that's something, the thing. There's, there's both sides on his stuff. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, but like I said, for me, it gets a, some extra bonus on it because we are able to have these types of conversations and you're in yep. like, we're not sure exactly how this worked, you know? True. So for me, it's closer to a four, I think. So, uh, but do we have anything else before we wrap this up? Cause we're going a little long this week. Oh, we're good to go. We're no. done. Okay. So geeksters, let us know. What did you think of glass? Did you go see it? What do you think? Does it a good wrap up to the trilogy? Is it a good start to something even better? Let us know. So you can let us know. Go to www.geekwatch1.com. Anywhere, everywhere, all social media. You can find us um, at Geekwatch1. If you put Geekwatch1 into a search bar and don't find us, let us know, and Miss Dawn will take care of the problem. I have my own powers. That's right. You can also email us, geekwatch1 at gmail.com. We are um, members of the Tangibound and the Weeby Geeks Networks at tangiboundnetwork.com and weebygeekspc.com. And so, remember, next week, 
Come out to the Malted Meeple, hang out, celebrate four years of Geek Watch 1. And have some fun. Have a milkshake. Have an adult milkshake. They do regular shots of beer, too, if you want to do something like that. 1 o'clock, the Malted Meeple in Hudson, Ohio. Just look them up on Facebook or on the Internet. You'll get all the information on where they're at. And other than that, for Dawn and Kylan and Vicky and myself, just remember... No matter where you go, there you are.